0: you wanted a weapon for josh allen well you got a weapon for josh allen tight end or slot receiver dalton kinkade is the buffalo bills 2023 first round pick we're breaking down the selection today on locked on bills you are locked on bills your daily buffalo bills podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are, those of you who never miss a single show. I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube Or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all capitals, in the game. Well, folks, there it is. The 2023 NFL draft, at least the first round, is in the books, and the Buffalo Bills traded up and selected Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. And so on today's podcast, I want to react to that selection, break down the player. I want to talk about what I like about the pick, what I don't like about the pick, the impact on the roster, and, of course, we got to talk about what's next as the draft continues on Friday night with round two and round three. So we'll first introduce the player. And obviously his name is Dalton Kincaid. He's 23 years old. He's he turns 24 in October. Six foot, six foot three and five eighths, two hundred and forty-six pounds, thirty-two and five eighths inch arms, seventy-eight and three eighth inch wingspan. He's got big hands, ten and a quarter inch hands. A native of Las Vegas, Nevada. He grew up playing all the sports except for football and that's because his mother didn't want him to. His focus was really on basketball, and he was a good basketball player and finally was able to play football his senior year of high school. And that really didn't lead to much traction as a recruit going into college. He was a no-star recruit, wasn't ranked by any of the recruiting services out of high school. And so he went to the FCS level San Diego as a non-scholarship football player, and he did quite well. He had two dominant seasons at San Diego, racked up 1,209 receiving yards and 19 touchdowns, which earned him a scholarship with Utah, where he developed into one of the best receiving tight ends in college football. Last season, he led all tight ends in FBS, which is major college football, with 70 catches, he was number two in yards with 890 and number two in touchdowns with eight among tight ends. Now I want to get into my scouting report on Dalton Kincaid. And what I love about this opportunity is I wrote this scouting report back in January for the Draft Network. And this is a pretty authentic reaction to the player because I wrote this before I knew he was the Buffalo Bill or, or the Buffalo Bill's first round pick. And so This is what I said about him from my scouting report, at least in the summary section. I said, the path for Dalton Kincaid to become a highly productive Pac-12 tight end and appealing NFL prospect wasn't typical. A high school basketball player that played just one season of football, Kincaid started his career at the University of San Diego, where he spent 2018 and 2019 before taking his talents to Utah. Kincaid has a highly intriguing pass-catching skill set, where his athleticism, Route running, hands, and ball skills appear to be strong suits. Kincaid is a fluid route runner that is snappy through his breaks. He's been tasked with a fairly expansive route tree, and he threatens all levels of the field. While Kincaid impresses with his ability to get in and out of breaks and work the entire field, it's the proficiency at the catch point that draws the most appeal for what he offers in the passing game. Kincaid is a sure-handed receiver that is natural when securing the football and frequently plucks it with extension with ease. He features outstanding body control and concentration at the catch point, routinely winning through contact and putting himself in leverage situations to win when he's contested. Kincaid is a willing blocker with good temperament that finds most of his success as a blocker in pass protection. And when working in space to see a linebackers and defensive backs, given his relative newness to football his trajectory is quite impressive. I love how competitive Kincaid is and an inline is as an inline blocker, but he lacks mass and functional strength, which makes, his incons- which makes him inconsistent in college and likely ineffective in the NFL. Opponents have no issues powering and playing through him. Ideally, Kincaid would be another inch taller with a touch more mass and a tick more explosiveness, but it's hardly limiting to what he does best, and that is being a factor in the passing game. Kincaid has the makeup of a quality number 2 tight end early in his career with the upside to develop into a quality starter. My top reasons to buy in for my scouting report, outstanding ball skills and hands, body control and competitive toughness, and how he was used in college and translatability to the NFL. My top reasons for concern were modest appeal as an inline blocker. Ideally, he was a touch taller with a bit more mass and that he's only played football dating back to 2017. And so hopefully that paints a a good picture for what this player is, what the skill set is. Obviously, the receiving prowess is the appeal here. I mean, this guy is a really dynamic route runner with dynamic ability at the catch point to win, right? He's got unbelievable hands, body control. You love the profile there. If you remember the tight end primer that I did, I talked about how his receiving skills at tight end were unmatched in this class. And I graded him as a back half of the first round selection and part of the preview for this draft was me going through all these primers and scouting all these players and it ultimately came down to hey I want the Bills to get one of the players that I have graded in the first round and they did they got Dalton Kincaid who I had as a first round talent for the Buffalo Bills specifically in this draft and so through that lens, I'm very, very satisfied with this player and what he can bring to this football team. We're going to get into that a whole lot more in the next segment where I talk about what I like and what I didn't like and really kind of get into more of the specifics with the player and how he'll impact the Buffalo Bills. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, well, then you got to give it a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage Every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You got to deal with free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, and all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Bills listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Dalton Kincaid and what I like about this draft pick, and then we'll shift into some of the concerns that I have about the draft pick. But the number one thing I have written down under what I'd like is the skill set. The skill set here as a receiver is very, very intriguing. Route running, hands, body control, yards after catch, the ability to win in contested situations. He's a really dynamic receiver. And as I stated, his receiving skill set from the tight end position is unmatched in this class. And you really have no concern about him moving around and winning from a variety of alignments as a receiver, whether that's from an inline position, from the slot, a little bit out wide, out of the backfield. He's proven his ability to do so from a variety of alignments. And what I love about him coming from Utah is Utah uses tight ends like NFL teams use tight ends. There's no dumbed-down version of what they ask them to do at the college level. He runs a full route tree. He runs routes with multiple breaks. He does so from a variety of alignments. Everything he did at Utah is translatable, and part of what I've talked about in the pre-draft process with Dalton Kincaid is what makes him attractive, especially to the Bills, is that I don't think there's a huge, huge curve here. You know, typically, tight ends can be a slow-developing position to the next level, but Dal- Dalton Kincaid has been well-prepared to step into the NFL and contribute because of how he was used at Utah. It's not a Mickey Mouse offense like Dawson Knox played in at Ole Miss. This is a legit offense in terms of how they use tight ends. It's actually 12 personnel heavy. They have another good tight end that got hurt this past year and Brent Kweethy, who they matched together and had a ton of production over the last two seasons. And I could see a lot of that translating to the Buffalo Bills offense. So, first of all, I love the skill set. I really love the skill set. I also love how he can diversify this Buffalo Bills offense. And obviously, more 12 personnel. This draft pick doesn't signal anything for Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is a handsomely paid tight end that's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. And now it's about using these two players together and getting more production from tight ends. And he can really bring a lot to this offense. And I think whether it's being a traditional big slot receiver, playing in line, he can do all of those things. And well, so can Dawson Knox. And so that's exciting to be mindful of the interchangeability of those two players. I like how... His presence can help dictate terms offensively in terms of personnel groupings on defense. If you have 12 personnel on the field, which means Knox and Kincaid, two tight ends, one running back, teams are going to have to make a choice. Are you going to go nickel? Are you going to play in sub package against that type of size that the Bills can present with Dalton Kincaid? Are you going to put your base defense out there and? that also presents challenges for lining up against the Bills. And so I think that this is the type of player that adds a skill set that they didn't really have and can help them dictate terms in terms of what the defense is going to have to put on the field personnel-wise. I like what he can bring as a blocker. And and no, Dalton Kincaid's not a top-tier blocker. But I think he can block and take the reps away from Gabe Davis, where the Bills very frequently ask Gabe Davis to be an insert blocker, oftentimes on the front side of run plays. Now you have a better option in Dalton Kincaid. And so I think that's going to be a major asset to Gabe Davis, who shouldn't really have that on his plate anymore, and he can just focus on blocking on the perimeter and being a, a receiver, right? Catching passes, running routes. That's uh, that's what the Bills need him to do, not trying to widen out defensive ends in the run game. I think that'll be a benefit to the offense. I think this will really bolster the bill's ability to attack the middle of the field. Almost all of Dalton Kincaid's college production came in the middle of the field, all three levels. He can really work all three levels of the field. And I think that presence is going to be a big deal. That's going to help Diggs. That's going to help Davis. It's going to help Knox. It's going to help Josh Allen. And I think the Bills can access the middle of the field more with this type of player. So he diversifies the offense in so many different ways, whether it's forcing the defense into unfavorable personnel groupings, taking those insert blocking reps away from Gabe Davis, but also giving Josh Allen more to work with in the middle of the field. So I love the skill set. I love the idea of how he can diversify the offense. I love the production. Let me give you some numbers here on. Dalton Kincaid that just stand out to me. Target efficiency seventy six point three of the targets he received in college were completions, I and mean, that's a very high target efficiency. I like how he was used in so many different ways. Forty eight percent of his passing down snaps in college were from the slot. I, I think that's what he's going to be asked to do for the Bills. I think he's going to be a air quotes tight end, but really a big slot receiver. out wide and 40% in line. So a lot of utilization in a variety of ways. I like his yards after catch, 5.2 yards after catch per reception. That's a good number for a tight end. His average after target in college was 10.6. And that speaks to the real usage that he had. A lot of tight ends in college, they just leak. They leak into space and the quarterback dumps it down to him. This guy had to actually win routes and get open and separate. He only had two drops in college, a 1.6% drop rate. This guy literally catches everything. you got to watch him play against USC this past year. It's an unbelievable showcase. It's an absolute resume game. If you look at any game tape this year from any prospect in any position, Dalton Kincaid against USC is as elite as you will see. So go to YouTube and search Dalton Kincaid versus USC 2022 and watch that, and you'll get an idea of what this guy can bring to the table. And don't give me lines about USC's defense not being good. The traits traits that Dalton Kincaid showcased in that game have nothing to do with the caliber of defense that USC is. I love that he had a 58.8% win rate in contested situations in college. That's very good. And how about this one? When he was targeted throughout his entire college career, the passer had a 134.1 passer rating when targeting Dalton Kincaid. Good things have happened when Dalton Kade caught the football, and he's extremely productive throughout his career in college. I also like that I think the Bills got appropriate value for this selection. I expected – or I had him graded in the back half of the first round, and the Bills got him at 26. I expected him to go earlier. I thought he was in play as early as Green Bay. I thought the Chargers were a spot for him. And the Bills got him at 26. So he was drafted where I had him valued, which is good. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com had him as his number nine overall prospect. And so there was very appropriate value for the selection. Let's get into some things things that I didn't like about the pick. First of all, I don't like giving up pick 130 in the fourth round to get him. I understand it. I think the Bills had to get in front of Dallas. Dallas was the team that you looked at and thought they were going to pick a tight end. And then they took all their time and wound up picking Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan. So it's the price you have to pay to get the player you want because I don't think he was getting past Dallas. But I also don't love giving up pick 130. And so hopefully Brandon Bean can move around a little bit on day two and recoup some day three draft picks. I also wish that Dalton Kincaid was younger. He's going to turn 24 during his rookie season. You wish he was a little bit younger. Also, there's some injury stuff to be mindful of here. He had a sh- uh, In 2022, he had a couple of big injuries. He had a shoulder injury and a thoracic injury in 2022 that – that that back injury kept him out of the senior bowl in the combine. He didn't test. He didn't go to the senior bowl and compete there because he was working through that back injury. So that's something to be mindful of. And I think my biggest question, and I don't know that I would put this under what I don't like, but my biggest question is, can the Bills maximize this player? Can they maximize him? We We've wanted more opportunity for Dawson Knox, and now you have another tight end to feed the football too. And so can the Bills maximize him? Well, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Brandon Bean called him Cole Beasley in a tight end's body. I mean, that's, that's high praise, but I mean, you just picked this guy in the first round. This needs to be a featured part of your offense. Dalton Kincaid's a first-round tight end. He needs to be getting 80-plus targets a year. And oh, by the way, you're paying Dawson Knox $14 million a season. You better be getting... 130 to 150 targets a year to these two tight ends. This has to be a big part of your offense, which means you have to evolve your offense. It has to look different because the Bills haven't thrown the football very frequently to tight ends over the last three seasons. And so there's some good and bad with this. I want to bring up the tight end receptions that the Bills have had compared to the rest of the NFL over the last three years. And on one hand, you can say, wow, they really – don't throw the football to tight ends, why do they get another tight end? But the other side of the coin is, well, they haven't gotten much production from tight ends, and maybe this is a low-hanging fruit area of the offense that can improve, and you can get more production there, and it can make your offense better. Let me give you these numbers. Last season, 2022, the Bills' tight ends caught 65 passes. That was 25th in the NFL. In 2021, they caught 61 passes. That was 29th. In 2020, they caught 42 passes which was 30th. Those numbers are going to come up, but it's, it's very fair for me. And I think anybody to have a level of concern about the bills getting maximum value out of this pick. This can't be a player that's on the field. 30% of the snaps, mostly blocks and catches 10 passes next year. You have to prioritize this being a feature part of your offense. This is a first round pick. And so Josh Allen has typically thrown the football to wide receivers. These tight ends, Knox and Kincaid, the two DKs, right? They have to be a feature part of what you're doing offensively moving forward for this to make sense. I think we all, even even, I like the pick a lot, and maybe people might just absolutely love it. And I've I've been a big fan of Dalton Kincaid for a while. Check out my Twitter feed. I shared a video that I put together back in November where I raved about. Dalton Kincaid. I'm excited about this player, but the Bills have to use him. You have to use him. I think that, (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. You can't draft this player and use him like you've used your tight end two for the last three seasons. It has to be more. And that's my biggest, my biggest concern here is that the Bills won't do that. And they, I mean, look, you have to you've made a significant investment here. So I'm excited to see that happen, but I need to see it happen. All right, we got some more to talk about here. I want to talk about the impact on the roster as well as what's next for the Buffalo Bills on day two. But first, I need to tell you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bars on the planet. These things are awesome. They're healthy and they're delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in great flavors like peanut butter brownie, cookie dough, Brownie batter, coconut almond, so many great flavors, but they're also healthy for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. I don't know how Bilt threads that needle, but they do, and it's awesome. It's like eating a candy bar, but it is good for you. And look, if you want to try them out, head on over to Bilt.com. You can order a box. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your next order, but you can also go pick a box up off the shelf at your local Sam's Club or Walmart. So check them out. They're awesome. You'll thank us later. So the impact on the roster here for Dalton Kincaid's arrival in Buffalo is, well, pretty significant because we've looked at this tight end position. We The Bills did a lot of work on these tight ends. You could tell they have wanted to add to this position. And I go back last year to when the Bills signed O.J. Howard. And we started the conversations about 12 personnel and how this can really be a nice evolution of the offense. And then, well, O.J. Howard didn't work out. And I think that put the Bills in a tough spot. We probably don't talk enough about this. And that O.J. Howard not being that answer at tight end to really force the Bills to pivot off of architecturally what they wanted to be offensively. And here they're going back to it, right? A significant investment, a first-round pick in this tight end. To go with Dawson Knox, and so we've had this inkling that they've wanted to have more twelve personnel, and now they've certainly told us that with this move. Obviously, the the upgradeability component here of Quentin Morris is tight end too. Quint Morris is a fine player, but I think he's more of a tight end three, and he can play some special teams. So you know, if the Bills want to be a twelve personnel heavy team, he'll probably make the roster. And he'll probably have a jersey on, on game day. He'll be an active player, especially if he can play some special teams. And so the reality here is you look at upgradable spots on the roster, and tight end has obviously been one, especially when it comes to depth. Now, I go back to this point. You you don't draft this player as tight end, two. I use that very loosely, right? This, this isn't a backup tight end. This is a feature part of your offense. And so the impact because of that should be pretty significant on this roster, the upgrade ability, the opportunity to run more 12 personnel, to get more production out of tight ends where you really haven't gotten enough production from them. And so I was always kind of wondering when it would happen. I talked about it in my final thoughts before the draft in our Thursday podcast that. I figured the bills are going to draft the tight end at some point, And I said, probably early. And it came in the first round. Now it's about using this. I'm excited to see what that looks like, because I think this can be a major asset to this offense. And that's good. I know that a lot of people wanted more on this offense and, and look, you got it. You got a really dynamic talent to be a big slot receiving tight end and diversify what the Bills can do on offense. Now, when I think about what's next for the Bills on day two, my mind is on defense. And there's some players of mine that I would love the Bills to draft. Some of these defensive tackles. My dream is going to be Keanu Benton, Wisconsin defensive tackle. If the Bills can get him at 59. I'd like Gervin Dexter from Florida. Ade Adabawari from Northwestern. Talk about a dynamic athlete that can play on the interior. Give you a nice hedge, uh, developmental guy to put behind that Oliver and replace that Oliver, potentially at three tech. There's some edge rushers I like. B.J. Ojolari out of LSU. Byron Young from Tennessee. Drew Sanders is out there. If the Bills want to improve this Mike Linebacker situation, with Jack Campbell going 18, I repeat, Jack Campbell went 18. For all the questions I had to answer about if he was a reach at 27, I I went on a rant this past week. I'm like, the question was, you know, a lot of the draft people out there have Jack Campbell rated 49.50 on their board. Is he a reach at 27? I'm like, no, he's not a reach at 27. I think he's one of the best 25 players in the draft. He goes 18. So I feel very vindicated. With that happening, because I thought I was crazy. I'm like, what? What am I missing here on Jack Campbell? He checks every box. So the Lions got him at 18, but he's their player, not not the Bills. So, but if they want to get a linebacker, I mean, Drew Sanders is out there still, and so that's where my my mind's at. I, I this defensive front seven needs some help. And now that I look at Dalton Kincaid being part of this mix and the the market share that I expect him to get. A receiver doesn't make as much sense to me until later. Now, maybe you just love a guy. Maybe you love Josh Downs, and he's there at 59, and you draft him. Maybe you love Marvin Mims in the third round, and you draft him. Tyler Scott, whatever player. There's good receivers left that you can draft. But where where's the targets going to be? I mean, you, you've you got Diggs, Davis, Knox, Kincaid, Deontay Hardy. I want to see Khalil Shakir get more. Trent Shurfield's here. I mean, you got mouths to feed here, and it's a great problem to have but I don't feel as much burden here at at receiver because I think the Pills are going to play Dalton Kincaid a lot in the slot. So I'm looking at this defensive front seven as my priority, at least for day two, and I hope Brandon Bean agrees with me because I think they need help at linebacker, defensive tackle, and edge. And maybe there's some value at offensive line as well. Matthew Bergeron at 59, sign me up for that. I wouldn't be mad at all. So... We'll see how it all unfolds, but I'm certainly thinking about linebacker, defensive tackle, and edge. Now, one thing I did want to mention, I had written down Hopkins' watch, but Monty Assenfort, the Arizona Cardinals GM, said he doesn't expect to trade DeAndre Hopkins during the draft. So I, I think we probably need to put that to the side for a while here um, and pick that up maybe after the draft. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to see Hopkins traded for, um, but that, uh, that doesn't seem like the messaging – is telling us that that's going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. We'll stay tuned on that. Uh, Speaking of stay tuned. Thank you so much for so many of you that showed up on the lockdown NFL scouting broadcast of the 2023 NFL draft first round on Thursday night. So many bills fans. It was awesome. You guys dominated the chat and I hope that you'll do it again tomorrow, especially because the dolphins are going to make some picks tomorrow. And we know that all those dolphins fans are going to be in there because they want to see Kyle's reaction to the Dolphins pick. So like, let's still make it about us. Let's show up and uh, and really dominate that chat once again. I, I really appreciate all the support. We had a lot of people in there throughout the event and so many great comments and feedback. So we're going to be back again on Friday night uh, when the draft starts, covering it on the On NFL Scouting YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed and uh, come join me. I'd love it if you did uh, for the second and third round of the draft on Friday night. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. We'll be back again after day two. We'll recap everything that Brandon Bean does in the second and third round. And uh, as we continue to navigate this 2023 NFL draft, something we've awfully, we spent a lot of time uh, preparing for. And so it's finally here and it's exciting to react to it. And obviously these conversations are going to continue throughout the coming weeks as we really get a, a look at what this roster is going to be and the direction of so many different things on the football team. So make sure that you are subscribed. We would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again after day two.